Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The Week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's a lot more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this all season, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. That should be a jingle or something. Uh, pick three games to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into 600 if you do a parlay. There's so much to bet on. College football, college basketball, both season starts this weekend on the 15th. Uh, the NBA, NFL, NHL, custom props, even eSports. I don't know how you bet on eSports, but, hey, my bookie can help you out with that. You name it, they got it. It is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win because you know you're going to win because you're all smart enough to be betting, and that's, you know, People who bet and gamble don't lose money at all. That's right, right? Also, make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll also be the first to know when new odds and props are posted. So don't miss out on a great weekend to bet. Like I said, bowl games, you got college basketball, Bears-Packers on Sunday. Why wouldn't you want to put a little money down on that? Log on to MyBookie right now and use the promo code BEARS25 to get your 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BEARS25. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. Of our beloved's four losses in 2018, the one they suffered in week one to Green Bay stung the worst and still stings to this day. But Sunday brings a chance to erase those bitter feelings by downing the Packers at Soldier Field and claiming our first division title since 2010. Can the Bears right that wrong, or will revenge cloud their vision? Evan Weston from Acme Packing Company joins us for the Week 15 preview episode of The Bears Talk Underground. It's round two for Bears-Packers, and you know I've been talking about this one for a while now, and we as Bear fans collectively, we want this one bad. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the Week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Our good friend Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company will be joining us here in just a few moments to help preview this game. And uh, believe me, it is a much different conversation than the one that we had uh, prior to week one. I mean, Evan's not a cocky guy uh, or anything uh, like that. That's one of the reasons I enjoy talking to him. I don't run into too many non-cocky Packer fans uh, in my daily life. But, um, you know, uh, living in a region where it's a, a uh, here in, in Iowa, it's kind of a divided community between the Bears and the Packer fan bases uh, and such. But, um, you know, like I said, I don't run into too many uh, Packer fans that don't love rubbing it in my face every time you know, like it's strangers out in public. I'm wearing a Bears T-shirt or a Bears hat or something like that. How about them Bears on Sunday? You know, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, hey, great. Hey, wonderful. Good for you. You know, it's like, uh, 
I'm not going to waste my energy with this, but you know, still in, 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 and conversely, I've never been that guy, you know, like the, on the rare occasion where the bears would get one over on green Bay. I don't seek out any Packer fan. I can get my hands on and like, yeah, what about that on Thanksgiving night, Aaron Rodgers, four shots from the 10 couldn't pull it off. I was never that guy. So, uh, anyway, Evan's not that guy, which is why I enjoy talking to him and why I like him as a person, despite the fact that he is a support of uh, the team that was born from Satan's anus. So, um, you know, that's just how I feel. But um, the, 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 the air of the conversation, the tone of the conversation was much different week one. You know, obviously very optimistic about the return of Aaron Rodgers and, uh, you know, what the Packers were able to do uh, in the offseason. Gutekunst was uh, the new general manager, not afraid to go out and add some pieces. They went out and got Jimmy Graham. Uh, They focused much on the secondary. That was uh, kind of uh, an Achilles heel for them uh, last year. And, uh, you know, they came back and won that game uh, week one, which kind of uh, led a lot of people to believe early on anyway that it was just going to be more of the same. Even though the Bears have this improved roster they're still not ready yet they're still not ready yet and here we are 14 weeks later and who would have thought the complete reversal of the roles that we're seeing right now you hear me mention it to evan at one point during the conversation that the roles have been reversed here here the instead of this late game of the season where for the most part for the for a very long time it's been the uh the packers that were the playoff bound team and the Bears that were looking to ruin the the Packers' playoff hopes in one way or another, whether we're trying to you know cost them a game so they don't get home field advantage or you know what have you, but we're trying to play spoiler in some way or another because our season for the most part is over. And here in the in in this instance, it's pretty much the other way around. That there is still a ray of light uh, for the Packers. They have to win out, which is going to be extremely difficult. Um, but, um, you know, considering they have to come to Chicago on Sunday where one team out of seven has had any kind of success, uh, this year, uh, six and one at home this year. How awesome is that? But, um, you know, it, it's just not very likely the bears are the superior team on, on paper and on, on tape right now that we're just better than green Bay is. And it's an unfamiliar, we're in unfamiliar territory right now, as far as the history of this rivalry, uh, is concerned. So it was a very different conversation that we're having. Um, instead of talking about all the things that have gotten Green Bay to this point that were positive, it's been the other way around. Injuries, uh, the Mike McCarthy firing, and, and uh, what's not been working on offense and uh, play calling, this, that, and the other. A very different conversation that we had uh, with each other this time. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll even hear me say at the end, well, I hope they get it fixed because it, it hasn't happened, it, at least not in my time. Maybe a year here, a year there, that kind of thing. But it hasn't in my lifetime uh, occurred where the Bears and the Packers have been good at the same time. Where the Bears and the Packers are the ones that are, are going for supremacy uh, in the NFC North and or NFC Central for the old school black and blue uh, division uh, and everything like that. It, I, I guess that's the, the only way the universe can handle it right now is if the Bears are good, Green Bay has to be bad. Uh, and vice versa it's it's very rarely ever happened that both teams were you know at the top of the division legitimately that both teams were going to make the playoffs it happened in 2010 and um, that's the only time that I can think of that we both made the playoffs at the same time Uh, I think maybe it happened again in 2001 but that's about it so I mean it 
like obviously the team that the Bears had back in the 80s when when Ditka was the coach and we were in the playoffs and the Super Bowl contention uh, every year from 84 until like 88 uh the Green Bay was the butthole of the NFL they were terrible uh during those years so it's never really been the uh you know the norm for both teams to be good so it's like so I uh I I'm rooting for Green Bay to right the ship because that is this is the greatest rivalry in football it's the longest standing rivalry the most games played uh that kind of thing and I think it's it's time for there to be welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. A legitimate rivalry where these teams are going back and forth year after year, splitting victories or coming down to the wire like legitimate high-level uh, football being played between these teams as opposed to one shellacking the other year after year because the Bears are better than the Packers this year or the Packers are better than the Bears this year and, and vice versa. So, you know, as a fan of the Bears, I hope that we continue to beat the unholy piss out of Green Bay and dominate the series and, hell, get the series lead back because I think we're down three games thanks to the week one loss uh, in the in the overall uh, rivalry, it's like. But as a football fan and someone who appreciates the game as much as I do, uh, I would love it if 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 Green Bay comes back next year, and we're both battling it out all season long, kind of like um, the Chiefs and the Chargers have been banging it out all season and long this year. Um, I, because I have a, a bad, I had another uh, been having a, a bout with with sinus problems the last few days. I came home and, and took some sinus meds and passed out and missed the best Thursday night game of the year tonight, uh, waking up to hear that the Chargers came back at the last second to win that game against Kansas City. So I missed out on a hell of a game, apparently. But um, I would like to see games like that between the Bears uh, and the Packers. So edge of your seat, you know, the the, the one team coming triumphant uh, in the end, but uh, both teams could have won kind of thing. So... Anyway, real kick, uh, we got some news and notes to get through before we get to our talk with, uh, with Evan Western. Uh, here's an article I read earlier today uh, titled, uh, Lewis Riddick predicts the Bears to represent NFC in the Super Bowl. Lewis Riddick, of course, ESPN on-air personality, a former NFL executive, and uh, was on the Waddle and Sylvie show uh, on ESPN in 1000 in Chicago. And he said, I quote, uh, I love everything about how this team is playing. I think they're going to shock the hell out of some people who just refuse to believe Mitch will ever be able to play good enough. They refuse, they as in, um, they refuse to believe that they, the Bears, uh, that they'll be able to have another turnover differential in their favor the way it is, and they don't think this is sustainable. I happen to believe that it is. So he thinks the Bears right now have the formula uh, for success to make a deep playoff run and even goes on to say, once they get in there, 
I don't care if they're playing in Chicago or not. If they play a home game, they'll win that playoff game. If they have to go on the road to New Orleans, I know that would be a hell of a place to have to go and win and go to the Super Bowl. To go to L.A. would be a tough place to go and to, the tough place to win to go to the Super Bowl. But don't be shocked if they get to the Super Bowl. Don't be shocked. So there you go. I think Lewis Riddick was actually one of the very first endorsers of the Bears actually being a legitimate team uh, this year. And um, there he is basically doubling down on his stance now that it's getting to the nitty gritty and the Bears had this tremendous showing on national TV against the uh, the L.A. Rams who were supposed to kind of steamroll through us on national TV last Sunday. So um, it's it's great to, to hear that kind of thing, that there are believers out there and true believers who think that the Bears have a legitimate shot, whether we're playing in Chicago and L.A., New Orleans, or whatever. He thinks the Bears have a legit shot to make it to Atlanta and represent the NFC uh, in the Super Bowl. Speaking of the uh, Rams, the Rams and the Raiders are both listed as home teams for international games next year. Of course, the Bears are playing the the AFC West uh, next year, and we would be on the road to the Raiders. Uh, the Bears are on the road to the NFC West finisher this year, so the same place opponents, which right now would be the Saints and the Rams because they're both in first place. Um, would be you know so that we would be on the road to to the to the Rams and the Raiders next year, and so the Bears could be playing in Mexico City. We could be over, going overseas to London. It's a possibility. And when I saw that, my first thought was, I don't want Bears Raiders to be in London. I don't want Bears Raiders to be in in Mexico City or anything like that because I want to see how Oakland will receive Khalil Mack when he returns to Oakland. You know, will they boo him as a as a traitor and a deserter or anything like that? Will they embrace him and, and, and applaud him for the four years that he was there and, and the stud, the animal that he was defensive player of the year, helped get them to the playoffs in 2016 and, and, and whatnot? I want to see what the reception is going to be like when Khalil Mack comes walking back into his old uh, stomping grounds uh, in Oakland. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that will uh how that will turn out so I just for that reason I hope that the uh the Oakland game is in Oakland because hell actually right now I don't know if the Raiders know that they're going to be playing in Oakland uh next year there's uh, there's some back and forth going on about how they might be playing their home games in San Antonio or Reno or something like that next year because of the lease that they have in the Oakland Coliseum and uh their stadium won't be ready in Vegas until 2020 so who knows where the Bears are going to play the Raiders uh, next year. I just hope it's in Oakland so Khalil Mack can come back to Oakland, and I want to see what kind of reception he's going to get uh, next year. And then finally, we got some injuries to talk about, and an, an unfortunate one for one of the healthiest teams uh, in football, uh, Bryce Callahan, who left the Bear game early on Sunday night uh, with a foot injury, has been declared out for the year he's been placed on ir today uh or yesterday i should say with a broken foot so he is done uh for 2018 he was having a monster year as our nickel uh nickel corner uh this season and um you know that's gonna hurt going forward i, th I think that if sherrick mcmanus can repeat what he did against the rams on sunday it will be a it's a blow but one that we can absorb um fortunately uh for us the bears have a lot of uh, have some decent depth at the uh at the cornerback or, or defensive back uh position uh right now 
but um, you know that one sucks. Losing Callahan was uh, no bueno. So it's uh, it, it's terrible that we're going to lose him uh, this year. But I think that you know if Sherrick McManus can step up the way he did against the Rams, I think that we'll definitely be okay. Uh, it sucks that Bryce won't be in there though, and it was a contract year for him. So we'll see how this affects. Um, his uh, free agent status and uh, who he ends up going to. Hopefully he stays home. Uh, but uh, yeah, to see how this affects him. Cause that is actually one of the knocks on Callahan is that he's often hurt little banged up injuries here, a hamstring there, you know, something like that. But for the most part, he, he hasn't played a 16 game season in his short NFL career. And then to finish off the injury report, uh, we bear fans had a nice little scare yesterday on Wednesday when Allen Robinson showed up as uh, not participating in practice with a hip injury, Matt Nagy told the press today that it was just a precaution, uh, you know, basically a maintenance day, as they like to call it, or as uh, as Lovey used to call it, a veteran's day off. And um, But he was back in practice today, limited with the hip injury, and uh, there's like there are no worries, concerns about him not playing on Sunday uh, against Green Bay. Speaking of Green Bay, they, on the other hand, have a boatload of issues going on. Um, Bashad Breland, um, a groin injury, has not practiced yet this week on Wednesday or Thursday. Brian Bulaga, um, who Evan, you'll hear Evan talk about him, yet to practice this week with a knee injury, did not play last week against the Falcons. Kenny Clark has been out all week with a elbow injury. He has been, uh, he has not been playing, and and Evan does not like the prospect of what could happen if Kenny Clark doesn't play. On, on uh, Sunday, uh, Randall Cobb was limited yesterday with a hamstring injury, was full participation today. Jimmy Graham with knee and thumb injuries, did not practice yesterday, was limited uh, today. Clay Matthews, my least favorite Packer probably of all time, was has been limited this week with an ankle injury. Uh, they still have Rodgers on the injury list with that knee injury. He has been full participation, so no worries there. Uh, Equa... Hmm. How do you say that? Equinemius? Yeah, Equinemius St. Brown. Elbow injury has been f- uh, full participation this week. And guard Lane Taylor with a foot injury probably was out one of the other because he said there were three starters that were out last week against the Falcons. Limited with a foot injury on Wednesday, full participation today. So it looks like he will be back in the lineup. But those two linemen that we talked about earlier, Brian Bulaga, Kenny Clark, um, you know, Balaga being the starting right tackle did not play last week against the Falcons. It's not looking good right now. Uh, and Kenny Clark with an elbow injury, not yet practicing this week. He is the uh, uh, you hear Evan. You'll hear Evan say if Kenny Clark doesn't play, then we will have none of our day one starters on the defensive line playing against the Bears on Sunday. So as a Bear fan, yay for that. <laughs> so hopefully that sticks through. But um, anyway. So there's your injury report. We have one guy on the injury report, and he was limited in practice today and will most likely uh, play on Sunday unless he suffers some kind of setback or an actual injury uh, in practice tomorrow on Friday. So uh, once again, heading into a Week 15 matchup with one guy on the injured list who was practicing. So a, a night and day scenario from where the Bears were a year ago at this time where we also had a dozen people on injured reserve and about eight people on the injury list banged up with certain ailments here and and there. So just an unbelievable job. You know, we find number one, we finally got some luck as far as injuries are concerned. But also, what the hell are those trainers doing? What is that training staff, that strength and conditioning coach staff doing that John Fox and his guys were not? 
because John Fox brought in his own guys last year. For the three years that he was in Chicago, he had his own strength and conditioning team uh, with him that he probably brought with him from uh, from Denver. I don't know if they didn't adjust for elevation because they're on actual they're on sea level now as opposed to being way up in the mountains before or anything like that. But you know whatever formula those guys are putting together did not work because we sucked as far as um, you know keeping players healthy the last few years. So um, kudos to that training staff, the strength and conditioning staff, because we've had a lot more healthy bears into the season than we've had in quite some time, in quite some time. We we had fairly decent luck with injuries when Lovey was the coach. It took a turn when Tressman and Fox were in town. But now that Nagy is here and they bring in this brand-new training staff, the tides have turned for sure. We get one guy on the injury list, one in, a week, in week 15, one guy on the injury list, and he's more than likely going to play uh, on Sunday. So what a fantastic job those guys have been doing. So... Anyway, that is going to do it for the news and notes. Let's go ahead and bring in our uh, our good friend, Evan Western from Acme Packing Company and SB Nation to help us preview this all-important game between the Bears and the Packers for Week 15. So week 15 uh, is here, and uh, it's Bears-Packers, too. Um, there is uh, a lot to talk about with this this game, and, um, of course, here to help us get through all of this and, and talk about past, present, future of our two franchises here, our good friend from Acme Packing Company, Evan Western. What's going on, man? Oh, it's been it's been a quiet, uneventful season in Titletown. I tell yeah, you, you know it's it's been quiet. Nothing too major going on. <laughs> a few cosmetic changes here and there, and uh, and what? Let's 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 talk about these things, Evan. First of all, let's get Jeez. week one out of the way. Let's talk about something you'll actually probably enjoy uh, talking about. That was about. fun. Yeah, I bet it was. Uh, I bet it was. <laughs> um, you know, it it happened again. You know, Rogers worked his magic and. He beat us, and as a football fan, there's no denying how awesome he was in the second half. From the beating that he took in the first half, I mean, bad enough that Collinsworth and Michaels on, on the Sunday Night Football team uh, were, were talking about if the Bears score on the opening drive because they started the second half with the football, does McCarthy even put Rodgers back out there? You're down 24 to nothing. He, you know, he's hobbling you know, onto the field and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you even put him out there? To, uh, to to sixty not even half an hour later, uh, Rogers throwing touchdown passes, and I want to put a bullet in my mouth listening to, and it has nothing to do with Rogers coming back and doing what Rogers does because that part, believe it or not, was not all that surprising. He is one of the greatest. He this is what he does, and he especially likes to do it to the Bears. That part was actually not that hard to deal with. It just it just happens. The part that I could not handle. And I even sent you a message the night after the game about this was yeah. I could not handle Michaels and Collinsworth over exaggerating. It, it, it was amazing watching them over exaggerate even something great that Rogers did that night by over, by overblowing what actually happened to him uh, in the game or what he was putting himself through in the second half to, to get the Packers the victory. 
Yeah, I mean, I always go back to that that game winning touchdown to to Randall Cobb, and that was, I mean, it was a nice throw over the middle to to get get Cobb in a in a kind of contested catch situation, mm-hmm. but that was you know 10, 15 yards downfield. Cobb did the rest of that on his own. Yeah, um, you know, and 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 this also was a couple of plays after um, Rogers should have been picked off and and hit Ugh. one of the Bears D backs right in the numbers and Kyle and, Fuller. That was that's right. It yeah. was fuller, and then uh, yeah, just just straight up drops it. So it's uh, I, I I hear you there, and I feel like Michaels and Collinsworth are some of the worst defenders when it comes to um, like you said, over exaggerating the the quarterback's contributions, mm. um, and maybe not giving credit where credit's due to some of the other players on the field. Yeah, I mean it's it just went from he got he got hurt. Um, you know, had to come out of the game. He walked off the field under his own power. Uh, you know, they 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 put him on the cart and and drove him into the locker room. But to listen to Michaels and Collinsworth tell it, they had to sew his leg back on right there on the field. That they had the ambulance <laughs> come onto the field and drive him off of it. And then Collinsworth was my favorite in the second half. And it's like, and I didn't even care if this sounded like sour grapes when I did the review show. It just drove me so crazy. It's like what he did was awesome, and somehow you guys are making this mythical uh, event having taken place because Collinsworth kept saying that Rogers couldn't even stand on his own. You know, doesn't even have the power to stand on his own, and he's out there throwing touchdown pass. It's like what? are you talking about he made it sound like rogers is out there with a crutch under his left arm and he's slinging touchdown passes with his right it's like that's what what he would have you believe like it was a uh a old uh, you know byron leftwich situation where his offensive that's, linemen yep. were carrying him from one huddle 30 yards down the field to the next or something it's like it, to me it, he was almost ruining it by by overblowing yeah. the, the the way that he he did. I mean, I know you probably didn't care at the time because he was scoring touchdowns and winning you a football game. It's just like, you know, it, it, we're losing the game, and that sucks. The only thing that's making it worse is making it sound like it was 1,000 times bigger and, and more out, out, outlandish than it actually it was. It, it, it almost diminished what actually happened for me. Yeah, I think for us it was, um, you know, when, when, when Rodgers went down initially, it was the shock of, oh, God. You know, yeah. we just, you know, we got him back now, you know, we're, we're excited about this season. We got a bunch of changes. We got a bunch of new, you know, new, new faces and, and we got a new defensive coordinator and everything. And you're telling me that, that Rogers is, you know, tears his ACL in, in the first half of the, the, the season and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. And we got to, we got to play the rest of the year with fricking Deshaun Kaiser. Like that was, that was the, the mindset of Packers fans for, you know, a, an hour and change right? Um, between the time that he left the field and, and when he came back out for the second half. And and, and I, I swear to you, everyone was convinced that his ACL was gone and, and he was done for the year. Mm-hmm. And so to, to have to, to have him come back at all was was nuts to to have McCarthy, who I, I think the second half of that game was the best football he's called all season because he was he was limited by what Rodgers could do. He knew he didn't want to get Rodgers killed because Mac was out there just destroying everybody in the first half. Right. So um, he's calling a lot of these short passes, you know, quick drops and and getting Rodgers into rhythm and the few times that he's done that this season has been when the Packers offenses look good. 
Um, Rodgers looked like that in the first on the first drive of last week's game um, against Atlanta. Um, but but those types of of drives and that that almost philosophy um, on offense just hasn't been there all season long. And I think that more than anything is um, is you know is what has led to the struggles that the Packers offense has gone through this year and and eventually to to Mike McCarthy's fate. Well, we'll work our way to Mike McCarthy's yeah. uh, fate because the first month of the season was nothing if not interesting uh, for you guys. You have this this great comeback in the second half, week one, after it looked like you were going to get bla- – I mean, literally, Evan, it, it was the biggest eating crow moment I've ever had on this show because I do these <laughs> knee-jerk reaction. I record these little minute to two-minute segments after each quarter. And my second quarter knee-jerk reaction to that game – was me laughing for about the first 15 or 20 seconds, not because I was maniacally enjoying everything that had happened, which I did in the first half, but it was because I heard the Packers getting booed in Lambeau as they walked off the field at halftime. I could not believe my ears. Like, I just, like, this is actually happening. This first half could not have gone any better than it actually did. Khalil Mack, who we literally pulled off the street eight days ago, was an animal in the first half, including a pick six for a touchdown, your best yep. offensive drive, Mac literally tears the ball out of Deshaun Kaiser's hands, uh, you know, and and takes it away from him, ruining that drive, ending that drive. I mean, nothing could have gone better than it did in that first half, and then the second half comes the way it did, and I'm you hear me in the third quarter, eh, it's, you know, twenty one to three or twenty to three, it's you know, the, whatever, blah, blah blah, and then the fourth quarter's like. I'm, I'm looking for bullets. I, I, this is, I can't believe this happened. And, and mostly because, A, Rodgers did it to us again, but, B, Collinsworth and Michaels made it sound like just, just I just, I, you know, I'm going to stop talking about because it, it makes me nuts whenever I think about it. It's just, you know, it was awesome what he did. There's no denying that, none whatsoever. I wouldn't sit here and try to take anything away from Rodgers, but they tried to make it sound mythical what he actually what he did is like a football player playing hurt. I mean, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? So, but, uh, you know, yeah. you, you fast forward a week later, you got Minnesota at home. You're going this, this back and forth battle, which is what everyone was expecting from these two teams. And <clears throat> <laughs> was it in overtime or at the end of regulation that the Clay Matthews moment happened? That was that was down near the end of regulation with um, Minnesota still down a touchdown. Right. So okay. so that yeah, saved the game for them. Yeah, yeah, it kept that drive alive because that you know because the the play where Matthews gets flagged, uh, Cousins just heaves one up and Jair Alexander comes down with the ball for an interception. Right, it was an interception. Ending, That's right. Okay. Ending, ending the game. Or at least it would have ended the game if that play happened after like week five or whatever it was that they realized, oh God, we've gone overboard with this body weight rule. Um, I, I still see visions of whichever referee that was, was Tony Carranti or somebody <laughs> throwing that flag. Um, it was Tony Carranti. Um, throwing that flag on that hit, like in my nightmares. It just. And then, and then the kicking. The kicking game, you know, the, the the rest of the fourth quarter in overtime was just hilarious. Um, few things I think make me um, make me laugh harder than the continued inability of Vikings kickers to to make <laughs> big field goals in clutch situations. So, yeah. so that was at least fun. But yeah, man, damn that that game was one that 
that the Packers absolutely should have had. And yeah. if if they had that one, you know, they're sitting even with the Vikings right now in the standings at ascent at what six and six or yeah, six, six, six and seven or six well, and seven you'd be, or something. You'd be, you'd be six yeah, we'd be seven. six. We'd be six, seven, and seven, and Minnesota would be six and seven. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean that that could be you know a whole different thing, but um, yeah, that that damn game, man. And 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 both teams legitimately you know have reasons to say we should have won that game and we right. should have lost that game. Right. Um, that's so the fun. That, that's with, that's the fun with ties, isn't it? <laughs> it's like... Yeah. The 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 one that I always just come back to though is yeah, it's that play with Matthews mm-hmm. where you know with, with the bogus flag that that should have sealed the deal, and uh, and and obviously did. And then it it goes bananas once more one more time against Washington. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like not for nothing, but uh, it's like Clay Matthews is not my favorite person, but he's getting screwed week in and week out. Uh, oh, yeah. on this thing the, i mean it was just it was getting comical after a while i mean yeah. i mean I, I don't i didn't blame and i'm so glad the nfl didn't find him for the things that he was saying because he wasn't wrong when no. uh he was talking about how ridiculous it was getting out there it's like well you just put flags on these guys or something yep. i mean jesus christ what are we supposed to do no and and he got flagged against the bears and that one was legit i mean he hit trubisky late um, well after he had gotten rid of the football. So that one was fine. But yeah, those, those back-to-back in weeks two and three, you know, neither one of those was there any excuse for, for throwing that flag. That is as textbook a, a clean tackle that, yeah. as you can possibly get. That Washington um, hit, I swear to God, when that ref, because he knew, he was like, I don't think he knew the hit was vicious. I just think he knew a flag was coming, and I swear – I thought he was going to take his helmet off and beat the referee to death with it when he threw the flag. <laughs> like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, it was getting so out of hand. At one point, the Dolphins lost the guy for the year because he blew out an ACL trying to ease up mm-hmm. on tackling, like I think it was Derek Carr or something from the, yeah. from the Raiders. Like, he was trying to go easy on the guy and blew out an ACL trying to do it. And it was like after that, it's like, all right, what are we supposed to do? The defenders are hurting themselves by not trying to play football uh, on this one. I mean, that's what I used to get told all the time, even when I played in my high school days. It's like you go full speed all the time because anytime you're trying not to get hurt, that's when you're going to get hurt. You know, you'll do something, you'll take an odd step, and and it will go sideways on you. Or else, you know, it it completely ruins the game because there was another instance in that Minnesota game where um, I think it was towards the end of that game after Matthews got flagged where uh, Mike Daniels had Cousins essentially wrapped up and he, he lets him go because he thinks that uh, Cousins has, has thrown the thrown the football away or something. But, you know, Cousins still had it. And so he, he just, you know, he, he lets him go and he runs around and he picks up like six yards and gets a first down or something. Yeah. Like it, it just, you know, I, I'm glad that they reevaluated the emphasis, but, you know, it, it, it never should have come to that. And, and it absolutely cost teams wins in yeah. those first couple of weeks of the season and, and the Packers being one of those teams. Yeah, and cost a few teams players on, on top of that as, uh, as well. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm glad they got that fixed faster than the whole catch rule thing because it only took us, what, <laughs> three, four, five, seven, eight years to figure that out. Uh, dating back to oh, we haven't Johnson. figured it out yet. No, you're right. They <laughs> haven't. But uh... I mean, there was one here uh, in the first drive against Atlanta this this past week for for the Packers, where it looked pretty clear that uh, Jair Alexander had knocked the the football out of Julio Jones' hands. They ruled it a catch, and Joe Philbin challenges it, and 
they 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 stuck with the ruling on the field when it it looked pretty clear that uh, that that ball was coming out. So I I I make it a point now to never predict on Twitter the result of a review when a catch is involved <laughs> at this point because I'm inevitably going to get it wrong. Yeah, because who can who can tell uh, these days? I yeah. mean, the funny thing is it's all centralized in one place and they're still getting it wrong somehow. Yep. it's all coming down to essentially yep. one person. They're still getting it wrong uh, somehow, which is the most amazing part. Instead of you know, like it used to be with everybody had their own dedicated booth in each stadium. It's all going right. to New York and coming in one place where one person makes the final decision and yet somehow they can't agree. So it's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, uh, getting back on track after Washington, you get a win over Buffalo, a shutout win where uh, Rodgers comes out and slams the offense. It may be the worst that we played all year in a in a victory or the worst that we played on offense in a long time. Our defense was awesome for us, and yet we only got them 22 points or whatever he was saying there. Then you had the yep. Mason Crosby game uh, in Detroit. <laughs> I mean, we feel your pain. A few weeks later, we did the exact <laughs> same thing uh, against uh, against Detroit. We did it outdoors in, in Soldier Field, but nonetheless, uh, we were fortunate enough that those points didn't cost us a victory like it did uh, for you guys. And then just before your bye week, you had San Francisco in a game that I thought it was going to be uh, an easy one for you, but it had to literally had to battle it down to the wire to to, to win that one against yep. San Francisco before the bye. And then after that, you lose five out of six, and then fire Mike McCarthy after the Arizona game. So, yeah, I mean it's um, it's been I mean up and down. I don't even think would be would scratch the surface as to what this year has been like for you guys. Mm-hmm. No, and and. You, you mentioned that that stretch after the bye week. We all knew that that was going to be a, the tough stretch of the season. Um, at Rams, at Patriots, home for the Dolphins, then at Seattle on Thursday, and at Minnesota. Like th- that, you, you go in knowing that that's your season right there, and yeah. you can't go one and four in that stretch and hope to to still be a contending team. But it's the way that they lost some of those games that was so frustrating. I mean, they took the Rams down to the wire. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and and losing that game the way they did on the the Ty Montgomery bonehead decision to come out of the end zone, yeah, which which in and of itself was a terrible decision, <laughs> and he but then the ball. but then the result of it, right, yeah. with 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 fumbling and losing the football afterwards, I mean that 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 makes it that much more inexcusable, and I think um, with uh, the the trade deadline being being two days later, it was it was inevitable that he was gonna either find a, uh, a new place of employment or be out on the street within, within those next couple days. Yeah. So, I mean, that one was maddening. Um, and then, you know, the next week you're in new England and you're in a tie game early in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, Aaron Jones with a, an unfortunate fumble and then everything spirals out of control from there. You know, the, the big difference between those two situations was, you know, Montgomery doubled down and basically said, well, you know, I thought I could make a play. And it was, you know, it was it was a good decision. Whereas Aaron Jones was basically like, yeah, I screwed up and I'm going to work my ass off to make sure it never happens again. Right. There that that's you know, that's a big reason why you saw everybody turn on Montgomery the way they did and not, um you know, and, and still maintain faith in in Aaron Jones, and and certainly that faith has been rewarded because he looks like, you know, every bit the the multi talented feature back type of guy that 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 is so popular in the NFL these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's the way they're losing those games. The Seattle game where it basically felt like, 
you know, a, a redux of the 2014 NFC Championship where McCarthy's settling for f- short field goals early. He's playing too conservatively, um, makes a, a weird fourth down decision, um, and then, you know, you, you blow it late. So it, it's it's not so much that they lost those games. It's the way they lost those games. And it's the same types of things that that we've seen in in some of these playoff losses from this team um, just rearing their ugly heads again in you know in the span of of a few weeks and then it all obviously comes to a head against the cardinals you can't lose to the two and nine cardinals at home play in arizona in a dome in the desert you can't lose to them at lambeau field in december it's just it, it it absolutely was the straw that broke the camel's back on McCarthy, and it it should have been. Um, but the funny part was, I I told um, one of my other writers right after the game, I said I think there's a 99.9 percent chance that McCarthy still ends up playing out the season, but I got to get an article ready just in case they decide to fire him tomorrow. And he texts me an hour later, and he says, "Publish that damn thing right now." They just did. It. Yeah, they fired I, I, him that afternoon. That night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I was amazed. I was, I was completely flabbergasted that they actually did it. I, I didn't think for a second that um, that they were going to do it midseason. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it was time, and and you could see the writing on the wall, you know, in that whole five game stretch, and and then finally. Again, it, it just came to a head, and, and you can't lose a game like that under any circumstances. Yeah, especially when it's when it's getting down to the to the wire. You've painted yourself in such a corner that uh, yep. you know you're in you're you're in basically playoff mode going into that Arizona game, and that's where Rogers made one of his uh, "We're going to get out of this whole decrees that he that he's made over the years. Only this one didn't work out uh, immediately. You know, it was like we'll beat Arizona, we'll beat Atlanta, then." go to Chicago where we've had some success that's on the bulletin board and you know that but um mm-hmm. you know detailing what it's going to take in order to to make a run and you know in the past this has worked out you know four and six a couple years ago you go 10 and six you almost and you make it to the NFC championship game uh kind of thing and uh, the whole you know R-E-L-A-X speech and and whatnot on a one and two start and you guys go ripping through the league after that only there was no magic uh, this time, and the no. Arizona game, it's just um, – I didn't really get to see any of that game. I just was stunned at the the fact that, A, Arizona was still in it, still hanging with you guys, and then at the end, it's like, did Arizona win that game? Yeah. Holy Christ. And yeah. then before well, the, Bear, was... before the oh. Bear game is even over, McCarthy's been fired. <laughs> yeah, there was – it was funny. Somebody tweeted tweeted today – there was a, a dropped pick by Eddie Pleasant, a safety who the Packers had picked up off the waiver wire earlier that week um, because they've been hit so hard with injuries in the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, he drops a pick in the fourth quarter, and somebody tweeted today, "It's you know, does Mike McCarthy still have a job if this street free agent safety who, who came in four days before the game actually holds on to this football and, and they win that game? The answer is probably yes. Yeah. Um, he probably still gets fired after the season anyway, so yeah. I don't think it makes uh, you know ends up making a difference in the long run as to what the team was going to do. But um, yeah, I mean that was uh, it was it was just an abysmal effort from that team in every facet of the game, and and it, it again just inexcusable is the only word to describe that that game. So you know we we've talked a bit about the the shortcomings. You know McCarthy's. 
uh, magic, if you will. I mean, uh, it, it's not working out the way that it would or the way that it has uh, in the past. You know, it, it may be somewhat of a, a gambler in the past and the things have always kind of come up aces for him uh, before, but it's just everything's kind of gone against him uh, this year, whether it be, you know, bad luck in the form of Clay Matthews getting flagged for a penalty that shouldn't shouldn't be and it end up costing you um well a win or a loss in that minnesota game then uh you know it just one after another things not going right the mason crosby game in detroit and uh you know the ty montgomery thing with the rams you, sh- you should have been the first team to beat them and you come up short uh there uh you know the seattle game and and you know obviously then with with arizona um what you you talked about injuries in the secondary is that something that's plaguing the team as a whole because i know that i've heard more than once about what you guys are putting up front in the offensive line and how oh, it's yeah. having trouble protecting rogers uh from time to time so kind of detail with me if you like about what's aside from mccarthy not being mccarthy you know this year and, and probably in past years if you want to really get down to it but what what else has been going wrong uh for the packers that they haven't been able to weather the storm like they usually have yeah, I mean, injuries definitely have played a big part. Um, I'll be very curious to see how the adjusted games lost numbers from football outsiders come out by the end of, after this year, because I bet you any money the Packers are going to be right at the top of this list this year. Um, I mean, they lost Jake Ryan, one of the linebackers in the preseason. Muhammad Wilkerson broke his foot in like week five. Mike Daniels is now on IR. Um, Kenny Clark didn't practice today, so that's going to be great if, if something happens where he can't can't play on Sunday. We're going to have none of our, our week one starters on the defensive line. Mm. Um, on Sunday against Atlanta, we had to start three backups on the offensive line because t- both our guards and Brian Belaga on the right side were, were all out. Um, Randall Cobb has been hurt for much of the season. Geronimo Allison's on IR. Um, we've had a revolving door of corners. Like it, I, I can, I can go on, and it's been every position group that's been affected, except for maybe like the running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and knock on wood that nothing happens to Aaron Jones, because if I curse him, I'm going to never hear the end of that one. Right. But um, you know, so so that that's been making Mike Pettin's job on defense, you know, obviously much more difficult. Um, you know, when he's he's cycling through, you know, all all these defensive backs. Um, and, and defensive linemen. Um, I, I, as far as Rodgers and the offense go, though, I, I think a huge part of it that people aren't necessarily realizing unless they're following the team closely is that I think Rodgers' mechanics need to be rebuilt a little bit. I think the knee injury early on in the season really affected his ability to step into step into his throws and, and to throw with, with good throwing mechanics mm. and and he's the kind of guy who he doesn't need to because his arm is so good that um i mean that, that, that he can make throws from from ridiculous body positions and sure. and from from all sorts of platforms but the question is you know if if you can just take a straight drop back step into your throw deliver it accurately and on time as opposed to having to to you, know, you run around and play sandlot football. Why wouldn't you? It's like, all right, well, if I got a high def station and a standard def station, why in the hell would I ever play? You know, what would I ever put it on in, in standard def anymore? Right. That's the that's the best comparison I can think of. So, and it, it just seems like I, I can't recall the last time, aside from maybe that that first drive again against Atlanta, where where he was getting the ball out quick, 
um, and, and on time. You know, most of this season, he just his mechanics have just looked off and he pulls out some of these crazy throws. There's a, a throw to Robert Tanyan in the Seattle game. That was just completely bonkers. Like a 55 yard touchdown that he puts on a dime. Um, while, while he's rolling to his right and, you know, is, is practically airborne as he's throwing the football. But then for every one of those, there's two or three third down passes where, you know, he's, he's, backing up or he's he's floating away from the line of scrimmage and he just kind of chucks something up and and it's it's off target or, or it's out of bounds or something so you know i i think his mechanics are, are a big part of the issue and it's a big part of why the offense isn't um isn't clicking the way it normally does and i think then mccarthy not um adjusting to that and not forcing rogers into the, the types of, of safer, more comfortable throws, more, you know, again, quick, um, quick drops, quick rhythm passing. Um, you know, he, he, again, he did it in the second half of that game against the bears, but then it disappeared for, for most of the rest of the season and, and just not being able to adjust, I think was what did McCarthy in. You know, this, this is going to kill you to hear me say that, but to, to hear you uh, talk about the issues that Rogers has been having with his mechanics and, how he's trying to muscle throws out there is because he has a great arm. I'm, I'm seeing Aaron, or excuse me, I'm seeing Jay Cutler in my head when you say things <laughs> like that. And I know that that makes every Packer fan just want to slash their own wrists here. Well, I'll, Aaron Rodgers compared I'll, to Jay Cutler, but that's I'll exactly... stop you right there because Rodgers did just set the record for most consecutive pass attempts without an interception. Well, there you go. So okay. well, at least that. he's not throwing picks. Right. <laughs> Although he but, he has had a couple dropped in that, that stretch, but sure. still. But, I mean, that's that's what that yeah. sounded like to me. It's like yeah. we used to talk about it all the time as, as Bear fans, mostly because the offensive line that was blocking for him was terrible. Um, you know, he was constantly throwing off his back foot, you know, because somebody was going to come. He would just – he would there would be no legs in his throw. He would just muscle it out. It was all arms and shoulders and everything. You know, he, he wouldn't even really put his hips into it, but he had such a big arm he'd be able to muscle it out there and most of the time it would sail or you know land in the hands of Charles Woodson for a pick six yep. or or something like that but that's that's what you that's what I was having visions of when you were describing <laughs> the lack of fundamentals in Rogers throw um, you know or his throw his throws throughout the season and you know because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers he can do stuff like that and get away with it as far as longest with no interceptions or most uh, attempts with no interceptions kind of yep. thing and obviously that did not happen uh, with Jay Cutler, if it had, he might still be on the team. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there uh, uh, at this point. So, so Joe Philbin, he's your interim guy. Um, yep. Is he the guy? I mean, is he auditioning no. for the job? Or are, you, are you just getting through the season? Or what's what's the future like? I mean, I've heard Josh McDaniels, I've heard Lincoln Riley, and I think you're a Lincoln Riley guy because your Twitter handle is like, yeah. I love Lincoln Riley or something like that right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so no, I don't think Joe Philbin is going to be a legitimate candidate for the job when the, the real job search heats up. Um, I think the, the reason that he has the interim job is because he's done it in Miami for a couple of years. Um, Mike Pettin probably didn't want it because Pettin's even said that he doesn't want to be a head coach again. Um, he'd rather be a stick, stick of the coordinator position. Um, and, and just kind of Philbin's familiarity with the offense and, and 
and, and whatnot. I think that that made him the better choice for for the rest of the season. But no, I don't look at him as as being a, a real serious candidate when when all is said and done. Um, I, I am a Lincoln Riley fan, as as you said, my my Twitter header says so. Um, I would love to see somebody bring the type of um, you know, creative, quick hitting, little little bit of spread concepts. Um, to, to this offense. And, and Rodgers has even kind of hinted that that he and some of his teammates kind of want to have a little bit of that. Um, it, it seemed that was – most of these things are, are things that McCarthy stubbornly would avoid incorporating into the offense. Like we didn't even see jet sweep action, let alone actually handing off a football on a jet sweep until like week 11 this year. Like I'm pretty sure that was the first time we saw it all season long. Um, there, there's there's things like the the creative motions that a lot of these teams are using. I mean, look at Andy Reid. And, and Andy Reid's situation in Philly, I think, is a great comparison to McCarthy in, in Green Bay. At some point, he just... He, he wasn't the right fit anymore. His his message had kind of run out, and he needed to change the scenery. And now that he's in Kansas City and he's... You know, he's incorporating so much of these these new offensive concepts that that he's pulling from from college football. Um, obviously, he's got a ridiculous young quarterback in Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. but um, you know he's he's really having a lot of success there. And I think McCarthy could do the same um, if he ends up as a head coach someplace else um, in, in the future. But as far as what the Packers need right now, I think. Um, I, I think whether it's a head coach or an offensive coordinator, they need somebody a little bit on the younger side who um, who's not afraid to get creative with this offense because, you know, McCarthy's offense was cutting edge in the first few years that um, that he was in Green Bay. And I mean, they went 15 and one in 2011 with that offense that was completely unstoppable uh, most of that season after after winning the Super Bowl. Um, and then in 2012 teams started to figure it out and he just never really adjusted. So um, seeing those types of things would, would be exciting. And, and I don't know if a guy like DiFilippo was, was the guy, I mean, he was even mentioned as a possible head coach candidate until this last week. And, and he just got fired in Minnesota. Right. Um, but, you know, again, a, a guy like Riley, I think could, could be that guy. Um, McDaniels, I think could work. As long as he and Rodgers can find a way to work together, and I mean, let's face it, McDaniel's has worked with Tom Brady for most of his career, so he knows how to deal with quarterbacks who have an ego. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Rodgers doesn't have an ego because he absolutely does. Um, you know, he's he's a cocky dude. He knows how good he is for sure. And um, I, I think that relationship with between him and the head coach is going to be important. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the most important thing in the head coach, but it's going to be an important factor. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting um, thing to keep an eye on when the season ends and, and taking over the, the job, because, you know, you guys still have a pretty decent team. Um, You know, you're, you're, you're definitely in a transition. That's, that's for sure. Uh, But you still have Aaron Rodgers and and, and plenty of, uh, you know, weapons and such for him to, to throw the football to. You had this young emerging running back in, 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 in Aaron Jones and and uh, you know Mike Pettin is is one of the better defensive coordinators in in football. There's a lot to work with there, so it's not like you got to come in and try to rebuild a team from three and thirteen to you yeah. know supremacy uh, again. You, you've got a lot to build on, and and 
definitely a, a, enough to to work around and and get back to the playoffs like next year if you can you know avoid the injury problems and 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 whatnot. So it's probably uh, one of the the more enticing jobs out there, one would think. And you know, not that yep. Green Bay, Wisconsin, is all that exciting to be in, but is there a better place <laughs> to be a football coach than in Green Bay, Wisconsin? I mean, the, you know, the Bears yeah. and the Packers and uh, you know, the best fan bases uh, in football, and who wouldn't want to coach every day in Lambeau Field? Absolutely, and and the the structure of the organization is set up that that longevity is possible. I mean, McCarthy was there for thirteen years, or all just shy of thirteen seasons. Right. Um, I mean, Holmgren basically was you know was going to be there until he he wanted to leave, um, you know, in in the nineties, and and so from that perspective. Um, you know, you, you, you've got the stability there. Um, you don't have a, a meddling owner who's, you know, who's got his fingers kind of in everything. Um, you've also got, like you said, there's the top end talent on this team, I think is, is great. It's the middle and bottom end of the roster where there's issues. But the beauty of it is the Packers have a ton of draft capital right. this next year. You got two first round picks because you picked up that one from New Orleans um, on draft day last year. You've got an extra fourth rounder that you get picked up for HaHa Clinton Dix, which doesn't that look like a great trade right now? Yeah, it does. We actually, tried to yeah. tell Washington fans that he wasn't very good, and they didn't listen, and now they know. So take that, Washington fans. <laughs> um, but the fact that we got a fourth round pick for him in next year's draft now looks like a, a complete steal. Um, and, and you've got a GM now in, in Brian Gutekunst who looks like he's – willing to spend money in free agency, whereas you didn't have that before in in Ted Thompson. Um, I, I think the Packers are going to be major players this year in free agency, in part because, you know, one of the things that Thompson always was um, on the lookout for was those compensatory picks. Um, he always wanted to have a net, uh, kind of have a net loss of, of big-name free agents, and so he'd pick up those comp picks the next year. And I think good. Well, for for two two reasons, Good probably doesn't worry about those as much. Um, but also, this year, Packers just don't have that many high priced free agents who are likely to sign big deals. So at this point, you're not likely to get any anyway. So you might as well go out and sign some of these guys because you're going to be in the negative anyhow. So, so there's, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of reasons I think. And and again, you got Aaron Rodgers. That that's the biggest one. Um, but but lots of reasons why this would be an intriguing job for for anybody looking to move up into a head coaching role so let's uh rein it back in to talk about this game on sunday and and it's it's weird even from my perspective that we're in the spot that we're in right now because the roles that each team is going to play on sunday are usually the roles that the other team is playing Yep. You know, the Bears are headed towards the playoffs. Unless something catastrophic happens, that's exactly where we're going. And the Packers are in a position where they're they're in desperation mode trying to save their season. It's possible. Mathematically, it's still possible. But for the most part, you're out to spoil what's happening with the Bears as opposed to that's what the yeah. Bears are pretty much done for the year and we're just trying to ruin your chances at home field advantage or try to take the bye week away from you or, or something like that when we play this late in the season like we usually do. And instead, it's the Packers who are out to play spoiler to the Bears 
you know, keeping trying to keep pace with the Rams and the Saints to try to get a bye week of their own. If we win on Sunday, we clinch the division. I know you guys are all about ruining that. So, you know, it, it's 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 you weird that, right. that the roles <laughs> are reversed, you know, in this situation for it to happen as quickly as it did. Yeah. Well, and and we talked about it earlier, you know, in the in the off season that we figured the we both kind of figured the Bears were another year away from really being serious contenders. Yeah. Um and obviously that was before the Mac trade and and that kind of threw a wrench into things. Um and, and he he's been better, I'll, I'll say, it, he's been better in Chicago than I thought he would. Mm. Um than I thought he would be. But um I think that that speaks to the, the the play of that defense. Really speaks to just how good a coach Vic Fangio is. Um, I don't. I, I I think he's getting a lot of credit for it, but I think probably not even as much as he deserves, because um, that that the, the play of that Bears defense has just been well after un, unreal this yeah, year. Yeah, after the way he shut down L.A. on Sunday, that credit is coming now Mm -hmm. because he did what no one literally no one else was able to do i mean the one team that had beaten the rams had to outscore them you know it didn't stop them or slow them down you had to outscore them 45 to 35 and trubisky threw for 110 yards and three picks on sunday and we still destroyed the rams it was unbelievable what the defense was doing on sunday night yeah i'll be interested to see if there is a playoff rematch of that game um and it in in all likelihood, it probably would happen in L.A. Yeah. If oh, for sure. The yeah. yeah, if if the the venue and the the weather would play a different a different role. Um, I, there's always I, an I, advantage. I, I don't know. There's always an advantage in those rematch games, especially for the team that lost. I feel number one, we're going to be yep. playing the game on their turf, and number two, they know what not to do this time. Yeah, because they failed miserably. That you know, Aaron Donald was a complete non-factor. Uh, in the game, and the Bears were suffocating. Goff, he dropped back for 44 passes. He was either pressured or hit on 18 of them. So nearly half the time yeah. that he went back for a pass, somebody was in his face or on top of him. So, you know, Sean McVay is going to work double time to make sure that that's not even remotely close to what happens if if there is a rematch in the postseason. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I guess get, getting back to Sunday, I think the, the key for – for the Packers again it's it's going to be come out and get the ball out of Rodgers hands quickly and I think one of the reasons they did that against Atlanta was because that offensive line was so banged up that um, that Philbin kind of scripted it that way to make sure that he took a little bit of pressure off of those guys early on especially because Atlanta does have some some pretty decent pass rushers um, they haven't been getting home a whole lot this year but but you know there, there's plenty of talent there yeah for sure and, and yeah. obviously they're they're not you know they're not the group that Chicago has, but um, I would expect to see you know more of the same this week, um, and, and just especially because now it's looking like Balaga is probably not going to play, so we're going to see a lot of Jason Spriggs against Khalil Mack, which eh. oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so at that point you're you're protecting your line, you're protecting Rodgers too by by giving him um, quicker developing routes. And, and tailoring the offense to, to to that style of passing game rather than the, the longer developing routes that, that we typically saw from McCarthy. Well, when I was talking to your, to your guys for the Acme uh, podcast uh, yesterday, you know, they were asking me, you know, what, what, what do the Bears need to do uh, to win on, on Sunday? And I was like, you know what, man? I'm not, I'm not, and I'm trying to be funny here. Not trying to be funny. I don't know, okay? Because... Because it's the Packers, 
And how many times <laughs> yeah. have it been like, well, the Packers couldn't run to save their lives, and then Ty Montgomery runs for 200 yards on us? Uh, you know, but the offensive right. line is made of Swiss cheese. There are four guys that were all packing groceries the other day that are going to be starting for Aaron Rodgers, and then we don't lay a finger on them the entire football game. Uh, you know, the defense can't stop. They're a swinging gate. They gave up the 150 yards rushing last week. The Bears rush for less than 100. I mean, it just seems like whatever's not working with Green Bay finds its way to working when they play the Bears. So I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about X's and O's, this and that or whatever. I'm going to go with what I said last week, which, which I nailed the prediction as far as what I thought the win was going to come down to against the Bears and the Rams last week. And that is if the Packers want to win on Sunday, they have to limit their mistakes. They can't they can't yeah. turn the football over. And, you know, we already know that's not going to be much of an issue with Rodgers with with interceptions or anything like that. But avoiding the mistakes as much as possible so that they're playing the Bears straight up as opposed to trying to, you know, recover from this mistake or that one, this bad this bad call, this missed tackle, this blown coverage, that kind of thing. They have to limit the mistakes if they're going to uh, beat the Bears on Sunday. We have been playing lights out at home. The crowd has been way into the last couple of games. The Sunday night games against the Rams and the Vikings, the, the crowd was an absolute factor in both games. I don't care what anybody says. And every Bear fan on the planet wants this game bad, okay, including myself, yeah. obviously. I mean, <laughs> forget about Collinsworth and, and Michaels basically making it this like this is my, you know, this is the rock that I'm building my foundation on. I, we win this game or I'm – running out into traffic afterwards but it's we all want this one back because in the nfl when you lose a game in most instances you don't get a chance to right that wrong we don't get to play new england again or miami or the giants this year but we do get a second crack at aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers and they're coming into town they're going to be in chicago this time where we're six and one this year i don't know if 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 john fox had six home wins in the entire three years he was in chicago Nagy's got six already, you know, so, you know, he's he's defying everything that, you know, like he's making it look easy. What John Fox made look so difficult. So if if I think if if Green Bay is going to win the game on Sunday, it's going to be because it's going to be because they made close to no mistakes in the game or found a way to force the Bears to make more. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple things there that you I mean you mentioned six and one at home. The Packers are zero and six on the road this year. That's right. Um, what is about? I've, it didn't, yeah. I didn't. I was going to ask like, what's the deal with road games <laughs> no this clue. year, man? I mean, that's I, there, that used to be a they, thing. They, like the Packers come to town, it's like, oh crap, man. There's there's our yeah. one home loss for the year or something like that. They're zero and six on the road this year. Yeah. So I they they've been snake bit, but um, I mean you you mentioned mistakes. I think the one thing that I'll be looking at is third downs. Um, okay. Last week was the the second time all season that the Packers have been fifty percent or better on third down. Um, they're they're sitting in the bottom ten teams in the league, I think, in in third down conversion rate on offense, and and so that that's really been the Achilles heel of this offense all year long, especially since the bye week. So if they can actually find a way to convert some third downs, um, that's going to be that's going to go a long way to to giving them a shot to to win this game. I think you're absolutely right about the the mistakes and the turnovers. I'm, I'm looking at it, and this this defense is nuts. Um, they've 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 turned the ball over three times or more in eight games this season. That doesn't happen in the NFL anymore. Right. 
So, um, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're again, you, thankfully Rogers controls the football. He's going to throw it away before he's going to throw it into a, a dangerous area in, in most instances. So I think in that area, you're, you're, you're set up well, um, from, from your quarterback, um, to avoid the turnovers, but it's, yeah. So, so from that perspective, to me, it's going to come down to, can the Packers be remotely effective on third down on offense? If so, they've got a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, it, it'll like, I, I don't remember the circumstances of the one that Kyle Fuller dropped. I mean, it hit him right in the, in the chest with the, with the ball, which is, just devastating to think about that was the game right there if he intercepts that the game is over and we win but um you know if if the if the bears pick off aaron Rodgers, it's not going to be because he let one sail or he threw to someone who did he always seems to be able to know what his receivers are doing so i've never really i don't think i've ever seen an interception from Rodgers where it's like well randall cobb went left and he threw it right and the db was standing right there i don't think i've ever seen that uh from yeah. from Aaron Rodgers. So if the Bears are picking off Aaron Rodgers, they're making plays on the football, which is something that Eddie Jackson has been fantastic about this year. Yep. Uh, Kyle Fuller made a great play that erased Mitch Trubisky's interception in the third quarter. Trubisky threw an interception on the very next play. Kyle Fuller picks off Jared Goff to get the ball back. I think that if the Bears are picking off Rodgers, that's how it's happening. Uh, Mukamura made a move on somebody or somebody jumped a route and got in front of it, uh, that kind of thing. So... Um, I think if the Bears are able to to force some interceptions out of Rodgers, that's probably how it's going to happen because he's too smart and he's too good to to be like, well, what the hell was Rodgers thinking on that one? I don't think I've ever said that <laughs> in all the games that I've watched Green Bay uh, uh, play, and I'm not trying to blow smoke. I mean, that's legit. I've I've, yep. I've watched many many uh, Packer games because I always seem to get the Packer game when the Bears are playing late or on Monday night or something like that. I always get the Packer game, so I watch a lot of Packer games and. I don't think I've ever heard one announcer ever say that ever about Aaron Rodgers. Like, man, what a stupid throw from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what the <laughs> hell was he thinking there? I don't think I've ever seen it happen uh, one time, which is maddening, to be honest with you, that as long as we've been watching that guy play, I haven't you know, <laughs> heard anyone talk about him uh, that way. But, you know, I mean, wh- you're right. What the defense is doing this year uh, is crazy. They were sh- they, they, I saw a, a picture on, on Twitter. It was a stat. It was three years under John Fox, literally eight interceptions apiece in those three years. We have 26 this year alone. So we have more in this season than three years of John Fox, who is a defensive mind, mind you, yep. uh, combined. In, in three years, we still have more than the defense was able to pull off under, under John Fox. And uh, it's, uh, it's yeah. remarkable what, what, they've, what they've been able to do uh, this year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to see – what we can do uh, this Sunday against uh, against Green Bay. So, what? How do you think it's going to? Uh, how do you think it's going to go down uh, on Sunday? I'm interested to hear this. Yeah, I I I, I don't see Green Bay winning this game. I'll just I'll, I'll put it out there. Um, okay. That that defense, the the, the third. I, I come back to third downs. Um, okay. and, and Chicago's defense is great on third down. I think they're sitting third in the league in in third down percentage against um and for whatever reason um even if the packers can get a running game going it seems like even on some of these third and twos third and threes you know the convertible down and distances 
um, they just seem to kind of break down. And, and again, thankfully that changed a little bit last week. Um, but there wasn't really anything tangible to point to, to say, all right, this is why that, that changed. Um, you know, it's not like they were really doing a whole lot of, of different stuff schematically with, with Philbin calling the plays instead of McCarthy. That didn't really change. Um, I think it's just, you know, they, they, they executed a couple times when they hadn't before. And so, you can get away with that against one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, the, I don't see the Packers rattling off 34 points in a row against the best defense in the NFL. Right. And so with with the mixing and matching that Mike Pettin's got to do on the back end, um, I, I, I struggle to see this game being more than like a, a 20 to 16 or a, a 21, 17 game. I don't think you're, you're definitely not going to see a lot of points. Um, as far as I'm concerned, sure. um, just again, because I think, I think the Packers can at least limit Trubisky and, and that, that bears offense, but, um, it's going to be a matter of, like you said, who's going to make a critical mistake. Can, uh, can Petten maybe force the bears into a third and long and, and then that's when he brings the pressure and he forces a bad throw out of Trubisky, um, that, that could turn it. But I, I do think there's going to be a big play somewhere along the line that kind of defines the, the the end result. And the Packers have been on the wrong end of too many of those this year for me to really feel like they're going to they're gonna pull one off against a team like Chicago this year. Welcome to my world, my friend. Now you know what it feels <laughs> like to be a Bear fan. Yeah. Like, I yeah. just, I know that we can beat this team. I know that we're good enough. It's just that every now and then we make a mistake. I mean, I, I was thinking about the 24, 15, 2016 game. It was week 16, week, week 15, week 16, and it was mm-hmm. that game where the, the Packers got way out in front, like 28-7 to 7 or something like that. And then yep. the awesome Matt Barkley brings us all the way back. We tie up the football game. All we have to do is – and the Packers really weren't <laughs> – and this is what drove me nuts was that the Bears were playing not to lose. They went for the extra point after they got the, the comeback instead of going for two to try to take the lead and just win the game because it doesn't affect our season one way or the other. And instead, Rodgers and McCarthy come out. Rodgers to Nelson. Rodgers to Jordy Nelson, about 70 yards downfield, (laughs) and just like that, you're in field goal range, you kick the field goal, it's over and you win. And it's like that's what happens. Even when we're doing something miraculous ourselves, Rodgers finds a way to one-up us. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think about when it comes to Green Bay and, and Chicago. And, and this season being so unique as far as history is concerned that, you know, clearly the Bears are the better team coming into the game uh, this time around, which is odd and all on its own. But I think uh, I, I feel oddly uh, like I did last week with the Rams. I either thought it was going to be a close game coming down to the wire, maybe a one score uh, outcome. Or I thought the Rams were going to kill us because, you know, like what, whatever we were going to try to do against the Rams wasn't going to work and they were going to light us up. That's what I thought was going to happen. And that's kind of how I feel about this game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leaning 90-10 towards a closer outcome, one-score game, that kind of thing. But, you know, yeah. it, it wouldn't actually surprise me that much with the way our defense is playing and the hot and cold that is Mitch Trubisky to come out and throw for four touchdowns in the first half. Uh, or something like that, it wouldn't completely blow me away if something like that happened. I don't think that it will. I think we're going to have more of a close, like you said, 21 to 16, 20 to 13, that kind of uh, football game. 
Um, yeah. That's that's what I'm uh, leaning more uh, uh, towards uh, on Sunday. But uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't really surprise me all that much if you know we heard this was a bounce back game for for Mitch and he he and the offense got back on track. Whereas they were lucky that our defense showed up on Sunday against the uh, the Rams. Yeah, it, it'll again that that'll be very interesting to see how this secondary for the Packers, um, well, really the defense as a whole. I mean, it's been it's been really banged up this year, and if Kenny Clark cannot play, that's you know, that's a, a huge huge loss. I can't I can't overstate how big that would be. What's if, alien? If he's not able to, what's that? What's alien? Um, he just popped up. I think it's an elbow issue. Um, he went out for a couple plays last week. Um, he came back in. I think he finished out the game, but he didn't practice today. So I'm hoping maybe they just gave him a day off. We'll we'll have to keep an eye on that, you know, as, as the week goes on. Um, but I mean, even if even if he does play, the secondary is still banged up. It's very young. Um, Jair Alexander looks like he looks like he's going to be a stud. Um, yeah. But you does. got Josh Jackson from Iowa who. He just doesn't really understand how to play man coverage yet, um, and and the, and Petten loves to play press man, and 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 it's just not a great fit yet, and and so he's he's been challenged to the point where the Packers have been playing Tony Brown, an undrafted rookie from Alabama, ahead of him in in certain situations this year. Wow. So, you know that that's going to be I think pretty telling is is um, if there's if there's any breakdowns in the secondary that's going to be that's going to spell some trouble because um again it's a young group um they're they're full of talent but they're especially in jackson's case um they're just not quite um up to the technique yeah they're green yet to where they need to be exactly so there there's there's definitely opportunities to to exploit the secondary in the passing game it's it's make sure you don't get into those third and longs because that's when Petten dials up the pressure and and he can really hurt you with some of his um some of his really interesting blitz packages well there you have it there's your uh your rundown from uh from myself and and Evan Western on the uh, Week 15 matchup between the Bears. And, uh, you know, Evan, I, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that I was enjoying this. Um, you know, I <laughs> and it's it's more so because Rodgers is still playing. You know, when, when you guys yeah. were out without him for seven, eight weeks last year, um, I didn't enjoy watching them go down the way they did last year. Only finished – it was eight and eight last year, right? Eight and eight or seven? And uh, nine? Seven and nine. Seven and yeah. nine, right. You yep. know, but you spent you know most of those games without Rodgers uh, last year. It wasn't fun watching watching that. I mean, it, it's it's more so <laughs> that a we're having a great year, and b the the Packers are kind of flailing, and Rodgers is playing not exactly a hundred percent healthy because who knows where that knee is at uh, right now. But yeah. nonetheless, it's um, but I'm not a gloating kind of guy, even though that sounds exactly like what I'm doing right now. It's 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 more so just that. I'm I'm happy to see things going my way for once, as opposed to a quarter century of watching it go Green Bay's way almost every single time. So, um, yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with with Green Bay uh, in the off season, who the next coach is going to be, and uh, who's interested yep. in the job, and uh, who you guys pick up along the way to kind of fill in some of these and uh, fill up some of these holes and what you guys do in the draft. I'm, I'm very interested. I'm definitely going to be keeping a keen eye on Green Bay to see how much of a threat you guys are going to be to what we hope is a glorious season for the Bears in 2019. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. And uh, 
I know that you'll be back to help us uh, filter our way through it. You know it. I look forward to it. And, uh, yeah, like like you said, next time we talk, I'm sure there will be no shortage of, of discussion topics. Um, and, and like I said, it'll, it'll be just real interesting to see where this coaching search goes. I'm, I'm, I haven't you know, covered this team when they've been going through a coaching search. Did a little bit with a, a GM last year. But um, this is uncharted, uncharted territory for me mm-hmm. uh, personally covering, covering this team. So it should be an interesting next several weeks. Well, I, you know, I, I root for the Packers to come back because it, it won't be the same because, because we really haven't had a, a, a period. We've had a couple years here, maybe one there, where the Packers and the Bears were both good at the same time. Yep. It just seems like the universe can't handle both. <laughs> you know, they either both are bad, they're you know, or they're both terrible, or you know, one is good and the other is bad. So uh, apparently, that's what that's what balances the universe. Is the Bears are having a great year, Green <laughs> Bay has to be having a crappy one, and vice versa. So I'm I'm rooting for Green Bay to to, to make a, a quick comeback next year, so that we can have some of those awesome, you know, back and forth games, kind of like the the finale in 2010, Week 17. Yep. The Packers have to win to make the playoffs. It was a ten to three game, which just right just by that sounds like the most boring game ever. Instead, it was the most exciting no, ten to three was... football game I've ever seen. So I mean Absolutely. the high level football between Bears and Packers, that's all I want. I want one of those. Uh, you know, in Lambeau in Chicago, I don't care. You know, but I just want that I want a victory over Green Bay to mean something. You know, as opposed to uh, in, in this season, you know, honestly, if the Bears win on Sunday, it, it clinches us the division. But it, it wouldn't be the same as if we had won Week One when we're both zero and zero. And you know, it wouldn't be this. It's not. It won't be the same. Um, it, it's. Yep. Uh, it, it. I want it. I want these games to have weight. I want this rivalry to be a true rivalry. And, and in, in in a sense, it is because it's the oldest in the league. You know, we've got the 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 the, the most games played against each other, and and the rivalry between the fans is there for sure. But Either you're good or we're good. It's never, you know, we're clashing at the same time like we were able to in 2010 for the NFC Championship. I mean, that was that was awesome. You know, Bears-Packers yeah. for the NFC title. That was so much fun. Unfortunately, we you didn't know, win. The, the but, NFL is just better. It, it would be better when these two teams are both good at agreed. the same time, yeah, like I you mean, said. If, so. if, the, if they're both 9-4 and four right now, this is a Sunday night football conversation we're having Absolutely. right now. You know, that's, that's, those are the games that I want. I want these games like, oh, Bears-Packers week 13. Let's flex that to Sunday. I don't give a damn what's on the schedule. Let's get that on there, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I'm hoping you guys bounce back next year uh, so that it, it's, it's a competitive and it's a true rivalry for a change where we're exchanging wins, not one team is dominating the other. And I'll take a, I'll take a loss every now and then if it means we can get you back on the next <laughs> one uh, kind of thing. I just want this to be the rivalry that everybody says it is. I would like for it to actually be that way on the field. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Evan. Appreciate your time, man. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out. We'll talk to you again yep. real soon, all right? My pleasure. And, hey, go Pack Go. And I got to let you do it. So I, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> that's what the silence was about. Go ahead and say it. You know you want to. So. Uh, all right. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Want to thank Evan for coming back on the show and, uh, you know, 
it's 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 fun when when you when you talk to someone uh like that and um you know it's i i mean i you guys have heard me say it a thousand times over the last few years since i started having guests on the show this is why i do that uh like-minded individuals even though we share allegiances with different teams uh and whatnot our passion is the same so we're speaking the same language and that's why i enjoy talking to guys like evan uh and jeremy and uh brad mater from last week and and things like that these you know the the live and die guys with their teams uh and everything it's been it's been a lot of fun uh having uh on and, and getting to know guys like evan and chris gates and and jeremy reisman over the last uh few years so um and and, and also being a level-headed <laughs> grounded kind of guy because he is you know a member of the press and he does write so he does have to have some kind of um objectivity when 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 talking about the team he can also sit back and 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 look at it and um you know like when we talked about week one and how ridiculous collinsworth and and al michaels were throughout the game just overblowing what what rogers like what rogers was doing was actually pretty awesome on its own without these two dummies trying to blow it up and make it sound mythical or something like that so uh, for him to be on board with that <laughs> instead of just telling me to shut up because I'm a bear fan with sour grapes or anything like that. It's like, yeah, I get what you're saying because, um, you know, going back and looking at it, it was kind of ridiculous, some of the things those guys were saying. So anyway, uh, enjoyed having him back on. Look forward to talking to him again uh, shortly. And, um, you know, there's not really a whole much to talk about that he and I did not cover. Uh, we talked for over an hour. So, I mean, we we definitely got a lot out of the uh, conversation and, and covered enough, including, you know, both of us sharing perspective on what we think it's going to take uh, to win the game. And when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to the Packers, it, it's just like I said in the, in the conversation with Evan, all the rules are out. You know, you, you, you heard us, you know, Jeremy and Reisman and I would say that about this, that, you know, oh, when these two teams get together, because right now it is the truest rivalry in the division, the Bears and the Lions, because they're the ones that are always having these close down to the wire games, despite the records and so on and so forth. With the Packers, it's basically like I said, and, and, and when I say you can throw out the rule book, I mean that in the most negative way possible, because the rules going into the games always seem to change. Um, you know, the, the, the Packers can't rush the passer. They sack Jake Cutler six times. They can't run the football. Ty Montgomery runs for a buck 80 and three touchdowns. The offensive line can't protect Rodgers. We, we don't lay a finger on him the entire game. So when it comes to the Packers, I'm just going to be like, instead of just saying, let's do this, I'm going to just go back to the old safety net that I, that I, you know, sounded like a genius calling last week. Limit the mistakes force the mistakes out of green bay limit your own and and it's it's a an important conversation to have right now after the three interception performance from mitch last week i don't think he's going to do that again i think he was trying to force throws he even mentioned himself um when talking to the press this week he was rushing his footwork so it was a fundamental fundamental issue just like i thought it was uh he said it didn't have anything to do with the shoulder it was more about you know trying to rush the throw getting the ball out and and you know basically forgetting his fundamentals while doing it and that allowed the ball to sail and and you know get out of position and, and fly over his receivers heads and everything so he's aware of what he was doing god bless him he's aware that he was doing and and uh, what he needs to do to fix it so hopefully he will implement that on sunday and his play won't be the issue that it was on sunday even though it turned out to be a non-issue because of the way of our defense was playing 
it was an issue nonetheless as far as people rubber stamping the Bears for a trip to Atlanta. Like Lewis Riddick is saying, despite Mitch Trubisky, I still believe the Bears are the best team in the NFC. Other teams are saying, yeah, the Bears are great. That defense is awesome. But Trubisky, though, you know, so we get a good game out of Mitch. People might have to change their tune. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. So we want to limit our mistakes. We want to force mistakes out of Green Bay. See if we can't get some interceptions out of Rodgers, force some fumbles out of that Aaron Jones kid uh, and, and what have you. And like I said, mistakes can be a missed tackle, blown coverage, uh, holding penalty at the wrong time, uh, things like that. Those are mistakes uh, as well. So the Bears are going to want to keep the scoreboard light on their end of the mistakes side of things. And if they do, then they'll be able to defy the odds that that seem to always defy themselves when it comes to the Bears and Packers. Like whatever the Packers can't do, they always seem to be able to do it in spades uh, against the Bears, no matter how good or bad their team is. You know, you heard me list the examples before. We can't run the football. We're averaging 60 points or 60 yards a game combined with three running backs, Aaron Rodgers, you know, rushing, uh, scrambling from time to time. And yet they rattle off 250 against us because Ty Montgomery had 200 yards rushing on his own and Rodgers added another 30 or 40 scrambling for first downs and stuff like that. So it's it's pointless for me as someone who has sat and watched this rivalry to sit here and be like, okay, well, the Packers – uh, might be out with without Bulaga this week. So Jason Spriggs, uh, who at one time I wanted more than I wanted Cody White here. Yeah, I, that's why Ryan Pace has the job and I don't. But apparently he might be out there. And if he's got to go one-on-one with Mac, that could be a long afternoon for him. And other issues that, you know, the if, they're, if the other offensive lineman, uh, Lane Taylor, plays, he probably won't be 100%. And he's going up against the interior guys, Adam, uh, excuse me, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, uh, and, and so on. We could take advantage and dominate up front like we did against the Rams, make for a long afternoon and an easy Sunday for our Bears uh, on Sunday. But, again, <laughs> we've had plenty of games where the offensive line of the Packers was playing like garbage and we didn't touch Rodgers the entire football game. So, I mean, ignoring all of that, limit the mistakes, stay within yourselves, do not let the revenge cloud your vision. Go out there and play your game. You are the better team. Go out and handle your business. You will win the game on Sunday. Plain and simple, and I'm going to leave it at that. So that is going to do it for the Week 15 preview of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Monday. Will it be another 40-minute profanity-laced tirade like we had with our last Bears-Packers home game when, uh, oh, God, I still I still wake up screaming thinking about that game. Uh, we're coming off the bye. We're, we're playing an Aaron Rodgerless Green Bay Packer team and we get our asses kicked. I mean, it's just, oh, God, that one sucked so bad. So will it be another 40-minute uh, profanity-laced tirade that I have to put an explicit tag on, or will we be talking about our first division title since 2010? Come back on, come back on Monday and find out. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. 
Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.